It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Welcome to the People Under the Stairs, episode number three. And I'm joined with my good buddy, James Paul Caden. And I think you know who I am. My name is Stan Wangland. And my show is Just Thinking. And my other favorite show is the one we're listening to today, The People Under the Stairs. So how are you doing today, Paul? We're good, man. The people under the stairs are getting very uh, technical. We got more <laughs> wires and microphones in here than you can count. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I was feeling under the weather last week, folks. So we had to we had to uh, do a different uh, type of taping. And in case you're getting some little different sound qualities, you may hear flushing toilets, water running, or a little bit of an echo. Uh, uh, with our podcasts, uh, we are genuine, we are authentic, we are raw, and I don't mean just raw sewage. <laughs> we want to do it under the stairs. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, we, we are literally in a, a little room under the stairs, and uh, that's why we call it People Under the Stairs. We wanted the podcast here and thought it would be great to put some uh, ambience in here, make it a little spooky, and and do this kind of podcast, so... We, we hope you uh, you enjoy the authenticity of our echo, echo. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, if I don't straighten up, my wife told me uh, that I'll be living under the stairs permanently. Uh, and, and you know, Paul's in good graces with his wife, so I, I think we'll have to, I'll have to live over here. But uh, all seriousness um, aside, um, we've gotten a great response uh, from folks on the show. And uh, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I know Paul does on his shows and I always do on my shows. Thank you so much and, and, and God bless for doing that, for being so nice and kind with your very kind comments. Uh, we're not here to scam anybody <clears throat> or come up with a, a bunch of silly stuff uh, and just throw it out there, for, you know, hoping that you'll, excuse me, believe it. But uh, a, a lot of the, I, I think a lot of the stuff that we'll probably have on the show, Paul, is uh, paranormal stuff as well as other kinds of material. So if you guys have uh, something uh, that you want to get in touch with, touch with us about or, uh, you know, be on the show, uh, you know, give me a, a shout-out, uh, S. Wangland, that's S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com, or Paul, how can you be reached? I'm uh, nocturnalmagic at gmail.com, and we will put our emails in the... Um the episode description this time we always say we're going to do that and then, then i forgot to put them in the description but we will this time from now on if anybody has a story you want to phone in yeah that that would be great yeah well you, you know today uh i know uh, paul has probably mentioned it on his shows and i certainly have mentioned it on a number of it and people have been asking me they love the first two shows and uh, uh i told them you know we'd have some 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 pretty interesting shows coming up and the show today, um, Paul and I, uh, you know, kind of take turns, uh, you know, hosting, uh, be, you know, kind of producing which show. This is my turn this week. And uh, we, we decided that uh, there's a story that I told Paul, a, a true story concerning myself. And I guess it falls under the, um, the idea of really scary and really strange stories, which really defy scientific explanation uh, and this is no joke uh, this is a classic story in my life that I've been telling since uh, the late 1970s and and was quite shocking and I, I know I would, when I first met Paul I relayed the story and uh, it's not a make it's not a made-up story it's not a story uh, that um, that I think um, happens to hardly anybody uh, but it, it certainly was uh, uh, quite a, a shocker for me. And I think it falls under kind of the uh, of the area of something like a uh, perhaps a poltergeist kind yeah. of event. But it was a little bit more, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't a playful spirit yeah. or anything else like that. And, and this happened to you living down in the um, one of the southern states, correct? Yes, it did. And, and, and though those places do have a lot of history, and, and you can uh, you can buy books or look things up online where a lot of uh, a lot of weird things do happen down in the, the uh, you know those southern uh, uh, parts of the United States. You know, a lot of history, a lot of things went down, and. You know, I, I think Stan was definitely uh, the recipient, you know, uh, whether it was in the house or uh, the property surrounding the house. It's a really, all of the above. Yeah. And for the people really quick listening on YouTube, because I, I put this up every Friday for, uh, you know, my YouTube audience to listen to. Just so you know who Stan is, if you haven't 
if you haven't heard uh, any of the podcasts we've done together previously, uh, tell them a little bit about your credentials so they, don't, they know you're just not some fly-by-night guy coming in. Oh, no, I, I'm certainly not kidding. When I, this happened to me, I was a supervising staff psychologist at, the, um, at Georgia Regional Hospital in Augusta, and I had just gotten married. I had just been married for about a month, and uh, I lived, as a matter of fact, this whole incident took place in my apartment, uh, which was actually a beautiful condo. Uh, right behind Ray's Creek. And for those of you who are golf fans, that's uh, the Masters Golf Course. I live right behind the Masters Golf, golf Course in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, and uh, my wife and I were living there. We were actually planning on moving back up to New York uh, shortly, in a few months. And this particular incident certainly speeded, uh, sped up the move, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, I'm a psychologist. Uh, I'm a retired psychologist now the past few years from a 40-plus year career. And I'm currently, as I have been for the past 20 years, an adjunct professor in, in, in psychology at uh, one of the state universities. So, uh, no, I, I certainly uh, wouldn't tell this story and, uh, you know, to you uh, expecting you to believe it just because uh, I'm telling it to you. But... The story is true, and the story is, you know, I'm, I'm being totally sincere when I tell it to you. And I, and I just wanted, um, you know, people to know that, you know, there's a lot of people that just divide, you know, there's their science, and then there's this uh, hokum supernatural stuff, but uh, people who are very scientific, very educated, you know, like Stan, uh, they have these experiences too. This, These kind of things are not limited to just... Uh, whom some people relegate to just the uneducated or um, the very superstitious. I mean, it, it really can happen to anybody, and, and it has. So mm-hmm. with that uh, break into... Uh... But yeah, I, I can tell... I, I, can, uh, I think the best way to start with the story is, uh, you know, certainly at the, uh, certainly at the beginning... And uh, as I said before, this happened uh, in uh, 1977, and I had just been married, and uh, my, uh, actually, this is my ex-wife, and uh, when I met my ex-wife, you know, she was obviously, as I was, a a young person, and she was a widow, Uh, and this ties very much, I think, into the story. Um, Her husband uh, and her had been very happily married. Uh, for just a couple of years, and her husband uh, owned and operated a local restaurant in the area. And uh, they had, um, I guess, a version of a serial killing uh, where uh, a a couple of uh, people had come down from Texas and had gone through the South and uh, were murdering uh, shopkeepers and restaurant owners and different people, stealing their money and whatever. And uh, her husband was murdered. Wow. He was shot and killed, and she was a widow. And uh, uh, I just happened to meet her, you know, in the South, and you know, we fell in love and got married, and we, uh, you know, actually moved into her apartment uh, that she had this condo, uh, which was a beautiful, beautiful condominium uh, right behind Ray's Creek. And uh, we were very happy. Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, we had lots of friends and. Uh, different new acquaintances for she and I and everything else like that. And we befriended uh, a fellow downstairs and his wife, uh, who were, he was a captain in the military. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the area 
is a military area uh, because this Fort Gordon is in the area. So we were just, uh, you know, 20 miles from there, 15 miles downtown. And I think this fits into things. We, you know, would entertain. We didn't have any children. We were a young married couple. Uh, the captain, a fellow Larry, was a, a young guy as well, and his wife, Sue. And uh, they would come up all the time. And it was a Saturday night. And, uh, you know, we were, I don't know, we were just talking, having, a, he used to like Harvey's Bristol cream, I can remember. I mean, having a glass of Harvey's Bristol cream, cream and I wanted a, uh, I wanted to have a, a cigarette. And we smoked in the house at that time. It was a beautiful night. And uh, he said, oh, let's go downstairs to my place. I want to get something. And right in the back of our condo was the creek and the woods. There was nothing there, just woods and a creek. And no other houses or whatever. And I said, sure. We went downstairs, just having a nice night. And uh, we're standing outside uh, his back porch. And I'm smoking a cigarette. And Larry didn't smoke. And all of a sudden, I heard him say, hey, watch it. Hmm. And he pushed me out of the way. And bam, right above uh, right above our heads on the glass door, that, you know, a rock or an object or something hit. And uh, I said, Jesus, what was that? He says, there was a figure in black. He says, he pointed out, uh, you know, or it pointed out and it, something shot out at you. I said, well, Jesus, was there a gun? Is there somebody back there? No, I, you know, this thing, bam. And we looked at the uh, we looked at the glass window and sure as hell, there was, um, there was a crack in the glass window and uh, there was a penny. Hmm. A penny of all things must have hit the hit the door, and uh, this thing happened. So we said, "Oh Jesus!" You know, and we said, "There's somebody out there." So uh, now, now, how long were you married before uh, this incident? Oh, occurred? maybe just a month and a half or so. Very short oh, period so of time. Pretty, very, 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 very newly uh, married. And, uh, you know, obviously we're very upset and people down where we lived carry guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, it was an affluent area, so you might worry about somebody breaking in or something like that. So we, uh, you know, we went out and looked around and everything else like that. And, and then as we were looking around, uh, we heard uh, my ex-wife and his girlfriend yell and they said, there's somebody up here. And there was a banging on the door. Uh, of my apartment Mm -hmm. and as we came up we came up there and there was something on the door and it looked like Elmer's glue and it said you slut Hmm. on the door and we were up there we were looking out again and and then all of a sudden there was more noise downstairs nobody could see anything we put all the floodlights on you know I I actually had a pistol I took a pistol with me I, I went downstairs we looked around and uh, we called the police, hmm. you know, and the police came over and they were they weren't too happy uh, about what was going on. They looked at the door and, the, you know, uh, whatever. And uh, then they went out to uh, check out the perimeter of the house. And I'll, I'll never forget standing out with the policeman. And out of nowhere was the tinfoil from a cigarette pack. Just this little tinfoil from a cigarette pack came, dropped at our feet, and then I don't know where a penny. Mm-hmm. Just a penny. Now, here's the cops out there. 
there's everybody out there. And uh, it was very dis- disconcerting. And then it stopped. Uh, this was a couple of hours and the police were there and, and, and they said, well, this is probably some kind of a crank, something in the area. And, uh, we thought maybe this was um, uh, because of the my slut thing on there. Uh, we thought maybe this was somebody my ex-wife had dated uh, or gone out with. So they took a list of all the people that she you know, had dated over the years uh, since her husband had passed away. Uh, and, you know, it was a, 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 you know, a list of people, but it wasn't anything a mile long. And one of the things was there was a I can't mention the comedian, uh, the magician's name because he's still alive mm-hmm. and now in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, there was a magician on the list. And I said, well, did you spurn this guy or anything? She said, no, not really. I just didn't want to go out with him again. He was kind of wild about me. So they thought it might be this guy doing that. And they, they tried to see where he was that night and, you know, get a hold of him and check out the, the perimeter and everything else like that. And we didn't think too much of it. And uh, the week went by. Uh, I certainly was very uneasy about it. And then it was the next Saturday night, and uh, we were home. Before, yeah, go ahead. B- before you talk about next Saturday night, now the um, the thing about the the serial killing uh, that's new to me, or I or I don't remember it. Yeah. Um. So that kind of sounds a, a little significant to me, and the question I would ask at this point with her husband that that was murdered mm-hmm. do you know uh, did he smoke would there be a connection between him no and cigarettes? no he didn't or, smoke do you know if he collected coins no, or anything no nothing like that coin? nothing like that he didn't smoke he didn't collect coins and as a matter of fact everybody who knew him he was the gentlest kindest guy ever he was a wonderful guy as a matter of fact his sister was uh, actually loved me and she was so happy that my uh, ex-wife was getting remarried uh, and she thought, what a nice guy that I was and mm-hmm. everything else like that. So and, and really, um, you know, it was very close to my uh, ex-wife. So uh, there was there. Those factors weren't there. Uh, now. The next week at about 830, as I recall, the same thing started, but this time it started with a phone. The phone just rang, stopped. Now, keep in mind, the people who had killed her husband were in jail. They're, they're in jail, and they're, they're probably still in jail today, if not dead. Oh, yeah. They never got out of, uh, of prison. But the phone rang, nobody there, and then the, the games began. And then there were sounds outside. We lived on the second floor. There were sounds outside the second floor. Then there were uh, noises downstairs in the other people's apartment. Mm-hmm. And all that kind of stuff. Well, we immediately called the police because a detective had come over. And uh, the police came. A police officer came. Uh, and I'll never forget, uh, we went in the back to check things out. And, and, and there were more kind of noises and rattles and different things. And there was another episode of the little tinfoil coming out of nowhere. And uh, he said, uh, there's probably somebody out there in the woods. And I'll, I'll never forget this guy taking out an M14, uh, an M1 or an M14 carbine, like you'll see in the, in, in the Korean War or mm-hmm. World War II. 
And if you've ever heard the bolt go back on that thing, <laughs> he pulled the police car, put the head, you know, the big headlight, and he says, I'm coming out here. If you're out here, you put your hands up or whatever. I'm locking. He put that bolt back and you're, and man, that light on. I said, holy shit. Now, this guy was rattled because he said to me, he says, he says, excuse me, sir. He said, I see you have a handgun. Now, you're allowed to carry a handgun exposed in Georgia. He says, do you know how to handle that? I said, I sure do, which I did. And he said, can you follow me in? Do uh, you have any problem coming in the woods? I said, I do not. And I can remember thinking, saying, hey, this is no joke, man. You know, I don't mean for me. If anybody's out there, this guy just, this is Georgia, man. Somebody just locked and loaded a, 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 an M1 carbine. And these guys will shoot you dead. Mm-hmm. They're not playing around with you. Well, we went out there. And the next thing I know, I hear yelling because they hear sounds on the roof again. And they hear, uh, you know, noises in the laundry room in one of the places. And this guy calls for backup. So he gets two more cars there. And the cars are there. And then the police are saying, hey, there's uh, there's somebody here. There's somebody up in the, you know, we're going to do the perimeter here and and then somebody starts yelling he's it's in the laundry room it's in the laundry room and the laundry room which is all done it's all everything's all overturned wow in the laundry room only the police are at every point and they can't see anything they can't see anybody coming they can't see anybody going but the laundry room is all done it's all it's all undone and then they go to flick on the lights downstairs uh, you know for the back porch with the downstairs apartment and the lights don't work. So they check the uh, light and what's in there stopping it from going is a copper penny. Holy cow. This is the <laughs> truth now. Now, this is going on all over the place, like for two and a half hours, and there's cops on things. And he's up on the roof. He's this and that. And people are scared shitless, to say the least. Nobody ever saw this guy. Things are being overturned. He's up on the roof. He's here. He's there. Anyway. All of a sudden, it stops. And people say, I think it's done for the night. We get a phone call. Phone rings. It's done for the night. Nothing is written on the door this time. Well, needless to say, I'm ready to crap my pants at this point. Because when we go to bed at night, I take the dresser and put it in front of the drawer. In front of the door. I would, too. And when I walk (laughs) a dog, I actually had two pistols on me. I had a three fifty seven Magnum, a Colt Python strapped on my hip. And I had a uh, Ruger Blackhawk as a backup gun, plus a knife on me. Mm. I mean, I was really scared, uh, to say the least. So the next day, this is the crazy, one of the craziest parts of this story. And uh, I, I hope you folks at home, when you're listening to this, I think you know when somebody's telling you the truth and somebody's making something up. This isn't making anything up. I had a dear friend who was a psychiatrist friend of mine that I told you about last time. Uh, John Clark was his name. I don't even know if John is alive anymore, but he'd be a very, very old man. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was uh, like a father and a brother to me, and he was very upset. And he came over and he said, what in the heck is going on? And I explained the story, and he said, "I, I don't know what's going on. And he said, where did this happen? So I took him to the back of the creek 
where we, you know, we could see my back porch and everything else. And uh, my ex-wife was up on the porch there. And I said, this is where we first saw him. That first night, this is where Larry said he saw him. And there was a tree that had been hit by lightning or whatever and had fallen over and was on a 45-degree angle. Mm -hmm. A big tree. Now, I will never forget this as long as I live. The It was a cold day uh, for down south. And a little, um, it's it was overcast and it started to mist the rain. Mm -hmm. But it came down as snowflakes. You know, one of those rare times it was cold enough to, to just be like a little snow flurry. Mm -hmm. And the snow flurries came down as I'm talking to him. And as I'm talking to him, the top of the tree burst into flames. That's crazy. The top of the tree, I swear on my daughter's grave, I swear on my parents' grave. Now, I'm talking about my daughter who passed away, so you know I'm serious, folks. And it burst into flames. Just like if you put liquid, uh, you know, like a, a liquid lighter on it and, and lit it. There was nothing on it. We were talking. We were just sitting there talking mm -hmm. near the tree. We didn't smell any gas. There was nothing, nothing on it. The tree burst into flames. It burst into flames so bad that I had to run over to the back porch. This is how you remember things. Mm -hmm. I had to go to the back porch and scream up to my wife and say, give me the... Um, the fire extinguisher that we would keep next to the kitchen, you know, so that mm. if there was a, an oil, you know, a pan fire. Mm. And I had to take that thing down and, and, you know, blow it out. Now, here's the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and we're both saying, holy shit. And this is broad daylight. This is one o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock or noon. I can't remember the exact time. But it's light out there and it's in the afternoon. We're standing out there and no sound, no nothing. What drops at my foot and his? A penny. Mm. Just poof, comes out of there. Well, that was enough to make your uh, blood turn cold. Now, John was a good old boy. We, he and I used to shoot together. We used to reload ammo together. We were handgunners and everything else like that. So uh, our plan was, next week, John brought over his shotguns. We were loaded for beer. I was out on the landing, right below the thing. He was on the back porch. The police knew we were there and everything else. And if whoever came in was going to get killed. Yeah. Now, my opinion was, at that time, I thought this might be somebody from the military base. I thought it might be somebody, uh, when we weren't on the base, but somebody who was practicing like ninja stuff or mm. a ranger or something. And maybe, uh, you know, if my ex-wife went out in her underwear or something to put her, you know, stuff in the laundry room or watch, maybe saw something because she was a very young, attractive woman. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, we waited that week and uh, nothing happened initially. Nobody came up the stairs. And then it started again with the laundry rooms, the roof, the whatever. The police were out. This was a big deal in, in Augusta. The police came out, several cars. This was the third week in a row. Now they were pissed off. Yeah. Now what they did is the next week, uh, to make a long story, just a little longer. Here we are in the state of terror, this thing you know, running around, you know, it, it just having its way with us, having its way with the police. The police had a dog. It was called Max. 
And that was their hunting dog and their hunting people dog and, you know, finding bodies dog, wherever it was. But what the police did, and again, I couldn't make this up, they took two men and they inserted them. They inserted them into the woods mm. behind Augusta National, like for a search and destroy mission in Vietnam. Right. They were hunters. They were sharpshooters. And what they did is they started Max, Max on the other side, you know, just making noise, sniffing for stuff. But these guys were to stay there till further notice that evening. And these guys were there in the woods, rifles, you know, mm-hmm. like if they were deer hunting, to kill who was ever there. They weren't going to wound this person or whoever it was. They were really upset. They were really concerned and whatever. And uh, anyway, they were in the woods. We got no action that last week. And we said, well, maybe that scared them off. And then right at the end, got a phone call. And the dog started barking. And we went outside and there was more of that stuff on the door. Did it say anything or just... I don't remember now that you're asking. And I, I really can't remember. And I, w- I, I wouldn't do a disservice to the story by, you know, by making... I haven't thought of that. I, I haven't told that last piece in so many years. You know, the, the the last piece. And I said to her and she said to me, we moved within the next week or two. Wow. I said, that's it, man. We're got, we were going back to New York anyway. I said that, you know, uh, I'm getting the hell out of here. And she said the same thing. Now... In case you're thinking that it was a soldier or something like that, they never had any signs. They checked with the, um, you know, all the sources they should check with. And the guy who was the magician that we thought it could be him, he was way out of town (laughs) on business for all these things for real. And anybody who was an ex-boyfriend or an ex-person they dated, nobody was available. They kept their eye on all those people while this went on. And to me... I always knew that there was nobody, uh, I always knew that there was something completely supernatural about that. Now, one of the things that the American Psychiatric Association and other people like to point out is is things like, um, uh, you know, um, the electromagnetic uh, makeup of our of our brains and on the right side and the changes in the earth with geomagnetism, I think they call it, or geomagnetic forces mm-hmm. that happen. And, and they say that there's more episodes of the paranormal. People have an epileptic uh, seizures and they don't realize it or their their senses are being... I'm telling you, man, there were when you have 15 cops fly, flying around and they're locking and loading and a police officer saying to you, would you cover my back? That's a shared experience, man. That isn't electromagnetic waves in my head. No, no, definitely not. So your wife, she lived in this condo previous to you? Yes, yes, previous. And how long did she live there? I think a couple of years. As a matter of fact, she used to be one of the managers there. That was one of the jobs she had after, you know, being a widow and everything else like that. And uh, she was well liked. Did, uh, did she live there with her husband, or no? She lived with a girlfriend, actually. But he he didn't live there. Previously. No, he had been or... dead. No, they had had a house. Oh, okay. And they lost their house. You yeah, know, that's... She, she lost the house, and uh, 
you know, that was uh, that was one of the thoughts, you know, in my mind, uh, you know, uh, but she was so very happy. There was nothing uh, we had a very happy relationship. He was a very happy guy mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, his family was happy. Uh, those kinds of things, you know, who knows? Maybe it was, I, I've thought about, uh, I think where you're leading, maybe he was displeased. Uh, maybe he was angry about that. The only thing that I know that um, that she had is she had a, 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 a justifiable one, given her age and the situation. She had a complete, complete hatred of the people who had killed him because they sat in the courtroom and laughed at her mm. when the sentence was passed. Because they get off of um, they get off of the death sentence, mm-hmm. and they got life in prison, and you know I guess been laughing and saying you know, they're not going to keep us for life. We're going to get out of here, one way or the other. And she was um, she, you know, had a tremendous hatred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, nothing, um, uh, nothing too much, or nothing unusual. Uh, I, I think the fact that there was a captain in the army, he was the only person who ever saw this entity mm-hmm. or this um, spirit or this, uh, I, I just call it an entity. I, I, I don't know what it would be. Now, I didn't have any uh, anything where anybody hated me or uh, there was anything where uh, I had done anything bad to anybody. Um, you know, uh, I worked at a psychiatric hospital, but I was very well liked and never did anything cruel to anybody or was involved in doing anything bad to anybody. So, so she was there a couple of years. You say that, yeah, yeah. That it's it's so hard to say, but but the thing that springs to my mind is um, that we were talking last week about people who die or die suddenly and, and they don't even know that they passed. Mm-hmm. Could it have been him? I was just watching a, a near-death experience uh, a video yesterday. It was a, it was a guy, uh, he was in the Army, and he's, his buddies pulled a prank on him, and he ended up, uh, he died for like, you know, eight minutes, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And in his, he said for him, he hit the ground, and then he thought he passed out. He got up, he was walking around, listening to his buddies talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he didn't know anything happened. And then all of a sudden he saw his one friend turn around and, and say, you know, I don't think he's faking. And he looked in a direction and realized it was his body laying on the ground. So, right. you know, uh, could it have been her husband didn't realize? And then because they a lot of paranormal researchers say that it, it takes time for a soul, a spirit of someone past to build up the the energy to move an object or even uh, have a disembodied voice or, or do any of the other things, um, you know, maybe burst something into mm-hmm. flames. So could it have been him didn't know he passed mm-hmm. following her around and then you come into the picture and, and maybe that jealousy, that anger, he doesn't know what's going on kind of boost his um, spiritual energy, we'll call it for lack of a better uh, better term, mm-hmm. uh, where he was able to manifest these things. I mean, I, I guess that's possible when it, when it comes to the, uh, the paranormal, but it's, it's hard to say, you know, that could something have just been uh, there, the, the property, the, the woods around. Some people buy homes, they move into places you hear all the time, but particularly when you, you talk about those southern states, 
the people that buy homes down there or they, they rent a place and they might be there six months, a year, two years. And then stuff like this will just uh, start happening out of the blues. So yeah. It's, it, it's so hard to tell what, what, which, uh, which one you were, uh, you were, uh, you know, encountering here, but, but definitely something that, uh, as you said, not, not of this world. Yeah, that that was always the thing with this one, and, and uh, the fact that it was um, it was a shared experience by many people. Mm. It was a shared experience by the captain in the army. It was a shared experience with my friend who was a psychiatrist. It was a shared experience with uh, I would say six to ten police officers. Uh, it's like when you see these UFO things or you see a sighting of something and people say, hey, look, I, I'd like to tell you that I, and, and I'd like to think I was having, a, a, you know, an epileptic seizure of sorts. Mm. I wasn't, <laughs> uh, clearly. And neither were the uh, uh, neither were the other eight police officers on one night mm. who actually literally had the shit scared out of them. Uh, and they were scared not because they were worried about a paranormal experience. They were worried about somebody who was a highly trained uh, individual that they couldn't understand how they could slip past a complete, uh, 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 just a simple condominium having police in the house, upstairs, downstairs, and around the perimeter and have furniture overturned through the, um, you know, um, you know, through the house. It's very funny. The things that you remember mm-hmm. that are, uh, that make something true, like somebody will say, how did you know it was one o'clock, uh, 12 o'clock? And they'll say, I remember the explosion that went off. And, and this is funny. It was so serious that I will never forget uh, now that I'm thinking about it, the detective that came over after the second time. He didn't want to forget about this. And my wife and I said to each other, we said, do you have any confidence in him? And she says, well, maybe. She, but we were laughing because he had one of those Andy Williams sweaters on. You know, <laughs> with the, And I'm just thinking about that now. I haven't thought about that in 35 <laughs> years. Uh, you know, it was just like, uh, maybe he's not the sharpest guy here. Yeah, you know, because uh, I went out and I'll never forget purchased another pistol mm-hmm. because I wanted a pistol that I could have around my ankle, and uh, and I never was worried about stuff like that before. Or when I look at it now, uh, we weren't being too rednecks or crazy people. Uh, when you live in the South and you know somebody says they're going to break in your house, mm-hmm. uh, it's a common practice for even educated people to say, "Well, you you may think you're going to do that, but you're going to get a." Uh, you know, an asshole of buckshot or something worse. <laughs> you don't even stick your head in, if you have an argument with somebody, you don't, you don't even get out of your car and go to put your head in their car. Mm-hmm. Somebody can pop you for that. So um, this was serious stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the things that were the most disconcerting and strange to me were the ones standing with my friend who was the psychiatrist and having the tree burst into flames. That's That's not your... That's not kid hijinks. No, no. And uh, the first thing, that was when we decided to wait for this guy because I said to my friend, I said, hey, maybe, you know, there are ways um, in the military to, as the dew comes down, to uh, to start a fire, uh, you know, for sabotage and things like that. But that wasn't set up for that. But, you know, you have to take every possibility in mm-hmm. your head. If, if somebody's playing with you, that's a very sophisticated person yeah. playing with you. You know, so uh, it was a pretty scary experience. We came to New York and never experienced that again. Uh, Now, on the other hand, uh, you know, through speaking to Ramona and all of my family members, uh, Ramona said to me, she says, we we can't buy 
light bulbs and big lots anymore. Mm-hmm. And I said, why not? Because uh, just last week alone, I, now I've been feeling under the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, whatever house I'm in, I knocked out four lights, mm-hmm. four forty watt bulbs, and I do have um, I do have um, uh, psychic abilities mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, you know I I can see certain things. I get videotape imagery mm-hmm. on things like that. Anybody knows me that I've told them that before. I can if I'm if I was sitting doing tarot cards, I wouldn't read the tarot cards traditionally. They're just a medium to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you what they mean, but but when I get those visions on things and they are that way, people say, holy shit, how could you possibly not? They're not those general things that you throw out. They're yeah. very specific. Right, right. Like I'll say, I'm seeing boxes. Mm. And somebody will say, you know, what kind of boxes? I'll say moving boxes. And I'll say, how did you know I was? I don't. I can't explain that. Right, That's right. just what I'm seeing. So maybe at that time, uh, you know, I wasn't aware of all that. As much I wasn't paying attention to those things. I just just took that. Maybe I was a, a little bit of a lightning rod for that. Yeah, yeah. The, but between that, uh, people that have um, extrasensory uh, abilities, psychic abilities, definitely act as a beacon yeah. for spirits or spiritual entities. And then, as you were saying, your wife's hatred, the anger she had for right. for those people, the the two together, mm-hmm. could have just been bright enough that something noticed and said, Hey, I'm going to go fuck with those people. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the point of this show. Uh, and, and I want to scare the bejesus out of people for, for one thing. And when I think about it now, and again, I, I'm not doing this lightly. I will swear on my daughter's grave and my parents' grave. And my wife wants to slap me every time I say that, but that's to show you how serious that I am mm-hmm. about that thing. I can tell you to this day, when you when you hear the term poltergeist, you know, playful spirit. No, this was not a playful spirit. This was not a playful spirit. And the thing that started this off was the, the captain pushing me out of the way mm-hmm. and saying whatever that was. He said, don't take it lightly because that was that was trying to hurt you. And, and how long did this go on before you, you actually moved and got away from it? This moved, This went on for, I think, five weeks. Yeah, so, so that was relatively short. I... I I think probably that had the potential if you went on months or years, it, it probably would have got very violent, very dangerous. You probably both would have uh, suffered physical attacks by something. You, you know, these things happen. I, I think this uh, this probably would have got very violent and, and, and very, uh, very hurtful, physically hurtful to both of you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Certainly, uh, certainly uh, 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 a, a very strange experience. And I wanted to tell this story from the people under the stairs, because on the last show, when I said, you know, when you're when you're out, uh, when you're out there walking or you're feeling something on the back of your neck or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Again, I do a lot of research in terms of traditional psychiatry and psychology. And of course, para- parapsychological stuff gets you know debunked a great deal. Because it's very hard for people to understand. It's hard to wrap your brain around those things. But so is quantum mechanics. Uh, if you're a quantum physicist, people, you know, make up facts to fit different things. Sometimes we don't have explanations for things. We don't have the tools or the mechanisms or the understanding to understand what's going on. But you know what it is. And I can tell you with any science, and I can understand where electromagnetic shifts can cause certain people 
um, who are predisposed to that in their central nervous system to, to see and hear things that really aren't there. I can assure you, I can tell you with great certainty that those things were real. Mm-hmm. That when you see something written on the door uh, in Crazy Glow or Elmer's Glow, it wasn't Crazy Glow, excuse me, it was Elmer's Glow. Uh, the first thing I was thinking of was maybe this is a boyfriend or something, you know, because it's symbolic. It's like it's semen mm-hmm. or something like, no, no, it, 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 that that wasn't the issue. There was anger there. There was malevolence there. There was somebody who visually saw something, saw something, pushed me out. There was the physical evidence of the pennies. Mm-hmm. There was the physical evidence of the... How can you be... How, this would be like you and I standing at the, the entrance and the exit to a small room. And we go in there and, you know, it's just four walls in a room. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody in there. And then we close the doors and then we hear noise and we go in there and everything's t- turned over. Mm-hmm. That's not me having a seizure. That's no. not my right hemisphere in my brain uh, misinterpreting anything. That isn't me being of conscious of something which isn't there. Right, right. It is there. And uh, I'm sure there's an explanation, but there. I, I guess that's why we have the term paranormal mm-hmm. or extrasensory perception. It's extraordinary perception uh, of things or certain you know or certain people are more able to be uh, more conscious or aware of things but this particular entity was making itself known mm-hmm. definitely was messaging something yeah and as we reach toward the end of the show uh, and I'm glad you told this story because I have uh, a, a, a special surprise for the end of this episode and I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to turn out the light. I'm going to have a dark atmosphere for what I'm about to say. I'll be right back and Stan will keep you entertained for three seconds. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys, um, I hope you guys really have enjoyed this show today. And uh, I wanted to do this show uh, as, as Paul is going to be back in a couple of seconds, turning out the light. Again, uh, as um, a helpful warning uh, to people to, of course, always look for a normal explanation for things. But sometimes, you know, there may not be uh, the most normal explanations of things. And the wary rabbit is seldom caught. It's it's good to uh, it's good to be on your guard there a little bit sometimes with things. There's many things based on this incident I will not do. Uh, that have to do with the paranormal or spiritual things like that. Things that I do not want to open myself up to or to be around. Call it superstitious if you want. I call it being protective. Oh, I hear you. And now I'm glad you told this story because the special surprise. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. Okay. Because see, my my family. And, and I'm going to tell a story probably next week. Um, my family on my grandparents' side, they were very much involved with black magic, witchcraft, the dark arts, mm-hmm. conjured a lot of creepy stuff. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, uh, I was born on a Ouija board. 
And I was the one writing on your door, Stan. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to get you under the stairs. <laughs> that's it. That's my surprise. <laughs> Jesus, man. I'll, I'll tell you, this guy started, uh, this guy started scaring me. Here for a second. <laughs> you know? Well, very nice, Paul. Now you've discounted all my fear and, and angst of everything else like that. <laughs> That's a great ending, though. Hey, this is a this is an episode I think you want to play on a dark night. If you hear bumps in the night or sounds, don't underestimate things. Uh, my favorite movie is the original thing from 1951. Mm. You remember that? And and, and the, the the original movie. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, with that little thing on, <laughs> they say, "Hey, any warnings? Watch the skies. Keep watching the skies." And you know. It's the same thing with this stuff. I don't think there's things out there that are going to really be grabbing you every single minute of every single day or whatever. It may not ever happen in your life. But when some things look too weird mm-hmm. to have a natural explanation, maybe they don't. They don't. Maybe they don't. That's my advice from one of the people underneath the stairs to you. Well, you can't discount it. Things are definitely out there. What do you think, Paul? Anything else? No, I just think uh, it was a good episode, good story. There's a lot of details I don't remember and I didn't uh, or I didn't uh, hear before. And uh, you know what? What do the people out there think? Listening, what do they? What do they think that it was? Yeah, and, I'd uh, like to know. If you have a feeling after all these years, I'd like to know before I drop dead. I, I I'll be damned. I, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure I will be. But I'd like to know what uh, I'd like to know what that is or was. I'd put my money on one of the two, the the deceased husband who didn't know he passed, or uh, the two of you together, her anger and your, you know, uh, sixth sense uh, abilities uh, caught something's attention. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of weird things down in those uh, those southern states. And I think next week we're going to continue this uh, true ghost stories. I, I think I'm going to be telling a story about the shaking bed. Oh man! And uh, it's uh, it's pretty creepy in its own right. And uh, so that's give us the outro, Stan. This is your. Uh... Well, I want to thank you, uh, everybody, again. And uh, I understand, Paul. We're in 23 countries, and then I found out we're also in Libya. Right. Of all places, so maybe we'll get the spirit. Of, isn't that where Muammar Gaddafi's from? <laughs> but who's ever listening in Libya? My goodness gracious, uh, it's good to have you here. But in all seriousness, we love you. Tune in to uh, our respective shows. Uh, please check out Just Thinking with Stan Wangman and Paul. What's the name of your show again? I always tease around with you. You you have a other show? Yeah, I have a couple. I still have the spirit side, which is. Uh, spirituality, um, you know, problems, things happening in society, just kind of taking a look at uh, a lot of different topics with kind of a balanced and spiritual perspective. And then there is the Candle Mass Occultist, which uh, may be a little more like this. It, it, it deals it deals more with um, kind of Christianity, but kind of the, uh, the more occult side of uh, Christianity and looking at things kind of through the biblical lens. They're wonderful shows. They're wonderful shows, Paul. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, I hope the I hope the viewers 
we do a lot of different things. We try to show a lot of different sides of our interests and things like that. And we really appreciate y'all listening to uh, to things like this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll leave some links uh, down below to, you know, check out a couple of those shows and see what everybody thinks. Yeah, hit the subscribe button, folks. And again, give us a call or a message. And if you want to be a guest on the show and have a story like this. Yeah, man. We, we definitely want guests. So if you're out there, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Email us. Emails will, will be in the description. And uh, phone on in and, uh, and let us uh, hear your story. With that, we'll have another. We'll have another show for you next week, Lord willing, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip flop. Right. Be safe out there. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine, and it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there.